Joining me on the line, I'm very pleased to have Dean Loomis. Not only is Dean Loomis, uh, um, not only is he a member of that one, uh, Housing Action Affordable Affordable Housing Action Action Alliance, aha, he's a longtime homeless advocate, also a longtime, over 30 years of experience working with the homeless community. He's also on the, uh, well, he's a former school board member, and he's a current member of the board of directors of WORT. But the views and opinions expressed here on the Thursday 8 o'clock buzz do not necessarily, well, you, everybody knows that. We yeah. already said it. We, we don't have to it. say it again. Good morning, Dean. How are you doing? Hi, Tony. I'm good. All right. Well, of course, I don't know if people saw yesterday's uh, Wisconsin State Journal, uh, and I'll be quoting uh, uh, from that article a lot, but... Um, it looks like uh, there's been a motion filed to close several buildings, or two buildings in particular, which uh, have been used uh, for, for last year to house uh, homeless people, formerly homeless people. There's a 60-unit rescue terrace project, um, and then a 45-unit tree lane apartments, and that was for homeless families on the far west side. Uh, it's been in receivership for a while, and the uh, receiver has asked, of course, for permission to shutter and secure the buildings and list the properties for sale. Dean, let's go back to uh, the start, if we could, um, with these projects. And I, I'll talk more about Rethke because I know a little bit more about that one. But I know when this project was proposed and when it was built, uh, it seemed um, we were both working for a different homeless agency at the time. And uh it seemed like, wow, this is going to solve a lot of problems. We're going to be able to house 60 formerly homeless people immediately in some uh, fairly decent apartments with a shared kitchen space. It seemed like this project had a lot of hope. Can you talk about this whole project, how it started, and and then tell us to uh, how we got to where we are now, Dean? Sure. Um, because both of us like to be in the, do everything in the light of day. I am literally sitting in the kitchen at Rethke right now. I've been working here two and a half years trying to keep this building together and make it work better. It, it, had, it had problems since shortly after it was uh, started. It, it was started because of an initiative started by Mayor Soglin at the time, and the city council uh, took it on. So this is a mayor and city council driven supportive housing, permanent supportive housing program uh, that was set up to house chronically homeless individuals and families using housing first strategies and harm reduction case management principles. So uh, this was a permanent supportive housing program, which is the number one solution for folks that are chronically homeless it involves applying permanent housing with support services. Now, at uh, Recce, there are 60 units, and at Tree Lane, there are 45. So for what's happening here is that we're in jeopardy of losing 105 total units set aside for chronically homeless individuals and families because of the failure of Heartland. It's, it's all on them. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about them anymore because, frankly, they don't even exist anymore. They walked away from all their properties. They had 21. And then Madison here, uh, frankly, they turned their back on us and, and, and took a dump on the properties, essentially. And uh, the stink that they left is now uh, left for us to clean up. And 
because the city and county have extensive uh, investment in both these properties. They own the land underneath it. They own uh, the commercial space in here. This kitchen and the offices are owned by the county. Same thing at Tree Lane. So when the receiver took over in July, that's how this happened. It's a very complicated process that's not used very often. Uh, I was a little bit hopeful then that things could change and, and, uh, because in the two years prior, I've been beating my head against the wall trying to get Heartland to turn this building over to uh, the people I work with here at Tellurian at providing support services, and that we could take over managing this whole property and uh, put it together the way it's supposed to be run. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a it's not easy to run, but if you know what you're doing, got good people here, you can really make a difference. And our support service team that uh, Tellurian runs—that's who I work for. Full disclosure, uh, I came out of retirement to help them out when I when I found out that they were uh, going to start doing a support service, and in, in the and it took me two weeks. Uh, back in October of 21, uh, to realize that the property management was inept and uh, failing miserably. Can you talk a little and, bit about what those ineptitudes were with the property management? And and then Harlan, I know you don't want to talk to about them. They're an outfit out of Chicago, right? But not they anymore. Came in here. They don't exist. They don't they're exist. Done. So they're done. Great. They completely gone. Darn it. Uh, so, Eli, don't apply for that job at Heartland. Oh, God. Nope. Close that one. <laughs> I, they don't say paying bananas. I don't I want know. it. So. <laughs> so, All so right. What happened, Tony, is uh, when you own a building, you have to have maintenance schedules. None of that was done. Uh, maintenance was always uh, reacting, not being proactive. Uh, lease enforcement was uh, sporad- uh, sporadic at best. And at some point, they wouldn't allow us to uh, fill vacancies. So they drove it into the ground. They said, well, we don't have enough money, but they wouldn't let us fill any of the of the vacancies. It was uh, beyond disturbing and confusing, and no one would give us a straight answer. So it was clear that Heartland had a plan to well, uh, get out of it. Right. And, well, Dean, what was the original arrangement, though, that Heartland had? What had they promised the city of Madison when they said, hey, we're going to build this great project for your homeless people? Um, what what were the terms of that agreement? Were there any terms at all? Were they going to be recorded? I know they got all kinds of uh, uh, tax incentives uh, uh, to build these projects. Um, what what was well, the original deal? Well, did not deal? get the tax incentives. What this was financed with, uh, Mayor Soglin knew all about low-income housing tax credit program, LITEC it's called, and they used that to uh, develop these properties, both of them, and what it does is that uh, investors can invest money in it, build it, and then for the next 15 years, they get uh, way more than they put into it in tax credits every year. Mm-hmm. So it that is how it's funded. It's being used as a strategy to develop affordable housing. And it's it, it works, and there's a limited managing partner that doesn't have to put any money in. They have to come in and run it. Right. And at, at the end of 15 years, they can take it over. That was Heart, Heartland's position here, uh, which they walk away from. They have like a 1% interest at that point. After the 15 years, time runs out, then they can take it over. 
but they could take it over and then they could also uh, throw out everybody who's been living there and charge market rate rents? Well, that's, that's the, what, uh, what Heartland would do is continue to run the property at, at its original intended purposes. That was the good deal. That was smart. They had 21 or, or at that point, 19 of these projects. They were nationally known. And then the guy that set all this up retired. The new guy came in, and uh, at that point, it began to progressively go down. Uh, and then COVID come around, and I don't know what that did to him. But uh, at some point, uh, we got to we got to July where they walked away, and, and a receiver was appointed. So that's a little bit of the history there. A lot more engaged. So when the receiver took over, uh, I was a little bit hopeful. Uh, property management repairs started to get made. Uh, uh, things started to change a little bit. But then uh, three days before Christmas, the receiver sent a uh, note to everybody here that said, oh, sorry, uh, we couldn't find anyone to sell it to, uh, and you all have to get out by March. Wow. We don't know if that's March 1st, March 31st. We don't know. Uh, okay, the so- response to it was pretty much silence until a ha. I sent a memo to the city council, to the mayor, the county board, the county board supervisor, said, what the hell are you doing? Oops, sorry about that. No, you could say hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could say right. hell all you want. Uh, and said, you're just going to take this? This is yours. City council, mayor, you weren't the mayor when we started, so it doesn't matter you're the mayor now. City council, some of you were there. This is your projects. What are you going to do? Just sit back and do nothing? Mm-hmm. So there's a court hearing today at one thirty, And... Uh, you, you can file some objections, uh, AHA did. And then finally the city and county also uh, put a response in. And uh, I'm quite, I'm going to be really nice here and say that I'm disappointed in the city council and the mayor about their response. The city staff that was working on this has been just as frustrated with me over the last uh, mm-hmm. several years in dealing with Heartland and then the receiver. Nothing's been done in the light of day with the receiver we haven't heard. I know for a fact that there are two organizations that want to, to make serious offers on this on this property, at least at Rethke. Um, are they, they, are they, they were never talked to seriously. And commu- he said that in the paper that they talked to 30 organizations. I don't believe it. All right. And, and you got to show me this. Show and, me that you did this in a serious way. So our, ten, our, uh, our, our objection that we filed was we want a full disclosure of all the financial systems. We want a negotiation above the board in the light of day so everyone knows who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and get some local organizations to come in here and take over these properties and hopefully get them back. Mm -hmm. Now, no one's objecting to the sale of this thing, city or the county, so that's going to happen. But what I'm hoping for is, is several things. We need positive response and relief to how we house people that are here. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to have units available. We have to have uh, continue the, the, the promise that we made to these folks that we, we will be providing permanent supportive housing. Now, I don't know what permanent needs, means to some people, but to me it means this was permanent. They didn't do anything to, to uh, get them kicked out of here because that can happen. You can violate the rules and you lose that opportunity. But mm-hmm. the people that are here did not. Mm-hmm. We promised them this, and if we don't do it, we all turn into liars. And I will not accept that. And that includes me. I'm here. I told them this at the beginning of Tree Lane and 
and Iraqi, I was in support of them. I said, this is the number one solution to homelessness, to provide permanent supportive housing, especially for chronically homeless folks. And when you do it right, it works. These buildings become a value to the community. Property values go up. We save a lot of folks' lives because another thing that people do not understand, that homelessness is a public health crisis, and it, and it kills people. Mm-hmm. That's the, the key part that people don't understand. Anyone who's been homeless for an extensive period of time, their lifespans go way down. They're in, they got permanent health issues, and eventually it kills you. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're dealing with here. And uh, the community and city council and mayor got to step up, county board is very on it well, now, too. But they got to do strong. they well, got to come on strong and, and uh, help these people out to make sure they continue with permanent supportive housing. So, I mean, uh, both of these places, though, they started to experience, what shall I say, problems. Because there's a lot of uh, calls uh, to the police at both of the properties. There's a lot of crime going on. Is that part of the the um, uh, the problem with Heartland? Is that they did not provide those services or 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 provide the security or or you know to allow these uh, these uh, these nuisance calls and whatever these uh, uh, problems at these properties? How does that happen? Yes, look, it's that's primarily property management responsibility. Now, supportive services intervenes with case management quality. Uh, services, uh, getting them to their doctor appointments, getting them around medication, offering them support, helping them people fill out social, social security applications, disability applications, and deal with their their issues over a course of time. And in a building like this, you develop a sense of community. And at two and a half years of working here with the Tolerian Group, we've been able to develop a strong sense of community among the most hardest people to develop a sense of community mm-hmm. from. Chronically homeless individuals basically trying to just take care of themselves and, and survive at any cost. So they bring a lot of issues here. A lot of the folks, a lot of the problems here were mm-hmm. essentially people coming from the outside, coming in, trying to pray, sell drugs, do right. anything you can think of was going on in here. And that's a a direct responsibility of property management. It can easily be controlled if you know what you're doing. Heartland gave up. Right. They are the villains here, and there's a whole lot of victims sitting over here that if we don't help them out, uh, it's on us. Who And who's re- ultimately responsible? We know Heartland dropped the ball on that, but you're saying that the city and county, are they also dropping the ball? Are they going to let no, these buildings no, be No, management, uh, uh, they've been frustrated, particularly the city folks, been frustrated just as much as I have. I noticed for a fact because I talked with them all the time when I first got here. Mm-hmm. We had meetings and uh, we couldn't get any real response from the on the property managers, and we had no influence over that. Heartland had had all the legal responsibility here, and they just failed miserably. And we were knocking our heads against the wall. We kept telling you know contract with us to take over the whole building mm-hmm. and no no you know, we want someone to take over you know it was always a, a deflection and a delay and property management got worse mm-hmm. so it's on them and we tried you know uh, the jim and lynette are excellent quality people from the from the city, city i won't tell yes. you their last names who right. were who are people at the highest levels that were frustrated just as much as i am at their but they got jobs, and 
I kind of don't, so I can say things the way I want to. But, uh, you know, yeah. uh, find, uh, buy them a beer somewhere, and, and, they'll, and they'll talk just like I do. And I'm being nice right now. I know it. Uh, I know it, Dean. So, this is infuriating. The community should be infuriated about this. So City what? Council and um, the mayor's response to this was late and weak, so I'm not very happy with them either. Uh, but we're in on it now. There's a hearing today at one thirty, and uh, hopefully we'll at least get commitments uh, to continue supplying permanent supportive housing for all of them, not just Rafki, the Tree Lane folks, too. Right. So, so, and, so we, yeah, we're talking families over there now. Dean, are, are yeah. we waiting for, you said, you mentioned that there's some community-based agencies that have kind of like, well, maybe we could take over. Maybe we could, I don't know if they could purchase the properties themselves, but... Um, so, so there have been attempts by other community-based agencies that serve the homeless people to kind of, do I want to say buy the building or, or take over the projects or what? And, and could the city just say, Heartland just blew us off and left, here, you can have it, uh, you know, for well, instance. Well, yeah. what, what would happen there is that they would take over the position that Heartland had. Right. They wouldn't, you know, but now at this point they want to sell these things. So this is, un, I'm unfamiliar with the, the, how that will work. Okay, now who uh, wants to sell the, it? Heartland, the, wa- Heartland wants to sell the, the buildings. I mean, that's Heartland is out of it completely. No, okay. the receiver now is in, is, go- is the owner of these of these buildings, uh, and he can get out anytime he wants. Matter of fact, his motion says, "Well, if you don't let me uh, let me sell these things, I'm going to resign and, uh, my receivership responsibilities." And then the judge would have to appoint another receiver. But uh, I, I think that's I think we're going to come to a What's going to happen, I think, is that the court, the judge is going to rule that, okay, the sale can go on, but you have to assure that everybody gets housed. Oh, and I wow. guess that's as good as we can get, and uh, um, we'll survive. So essentially, this is just to pick up the pieces, uh, survive, and uh, learn to fight another day. But what but, but listeners Dean. should understand that is the model itself, permanent supportive housing program, did not fail the developers failed. Heartland mm-hmm. failed. Mm-hmm. And it's th- it's on them, not the model. The model works great all around the country. How, but, but, Dean, let's be realistic. Where are you going to find 100 uh, uh, or so uh, housing units for chronically homeless people, many of them with a lot of health issues and whatever, and uh, how are we going to do that within a month or two? Is that... Is that possible? And where are you going to, where, where can they go? Where's, where's there, there is the point exactly, Tony. I don't know how to answer that. I've been doing this for 30 damn years. Well, again, I'm sorry. You I've can been doing say this for damn, 30 that's years. Okay. You could say hell and, and damn. And I have no idea where we're going to find these places. Uh, they, most of them can come out of here with Section 8 support, although three of them over here don't have it, which is another thing I'm trying to get right. worked out. But uh, uh, I don't know. And I've been doing this for a long time. Yes, you have, Dean. Uh, we, it, some people, we were able to, I think we got six people who are going to move out by February, because we got on this the next day. We're right. going, oh, man, these people are screwed. This is going to be really hard. Uh, let's start looking. And we got some really cool people here that anyone would house. Right. Uh, so uh, they pulled their stuff together really nice. And <sighs> we got some uh, seniors that are, are here, people in their 70s. So it's... a. It's, yeah. it's, it's extremely frustrating, and I don't know how to answer that question. Right. And uh, that's why we're going to go to court today and ask that nobody, if we can't find a 
place by the end of March. Nobody has to leave. We got to we got to take care of these people till a new owner comes in and they can stay here, or we can find another place for them somewhere. Uh, that's that's a, a decent place to live. These are nice places. There's no shared kitchen. Every unit is a, a small efficiency. Right. Got everything: bathroom, kitchen, the whole bit. But you do have a big communal space in a yeah, where I am right now, kitchen. preparing yeah. breakfast because that's part of the support <laughs> service. I just put stuff in the oven here to warm up, and uh, you know, it's been kind of fun for me because I grew up in a restaurant, so this is cool. Right. But All right. Uh, so it's one of the services here. We uh, have community partners that we partner with. Uh, the River Pantry has been an invaluable partner. Uh, they supply us with food that uh, we can serve for breakfast and lunch. Uh, right. We've got a, a very strong, supportive program here, and uh, it's a real, uh, what, what, what a people, real kick to, yeah, to, yeah. to be thrown out of here. Yeah, what if, what if people decide to just squat there? Have you guys thought about that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. We'll see. We'll see. All right, D. Because <laughs> they tell us to get out, and I got people living here. You yeah. you think you think we're going to let them just go out into the street? Yeah. Okay. All right, Dean yeah, Loomis. I know, I know you'll be down here, too. We can yeah. set up your show from the kitchen here, Tom. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, we'll be there. Cook some breakfast, Dean. Well, I wish go. we had more time to, to talk about this. Dean uh, Loomis, again, he's with the uh, Affordable Housing Action Alliance. He also works at uh, um, uh, at the Rescue Building the over rescue. there, also through Tulare. Yeah. Dean, uh, 105 units were in jeopardy of to- of losing forever. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that meeting goes today at one thirty, Dean. And I'm sure yeah, we're going to okay. continue to follow this and look for an update. I want to thank you very much uh, for being on the show, and also, Dean, just on a personal level. All right, dude. Thank you very yeah, much care, for uh, for Thanks what you're lot. doing. All right, man. Take care.